Welcome to the Creators Are Brands podcast. This is the show that discovers how storytellers are building brands online. I'm your host, Tom Boyd. I'm a content strategist, both for brands and creators. I've worked with everything from billion-dollar companies to multi-platinum recording artists to some of your favorite creator economy platforms. In today's episode, we talk to Austin Hankwitz, who is a creator-slash-media company-slash-venture capitalist who has invested in over 18 companies. He himself has over 500,000 followers on TikTok, and we discuss why he focused on building his audience before thinking about monetization, how he brought 42,000 funded accounts from one organic video for a brand, how he thinks about short form video content, genius advice from his friend and creator Tejas, who you might know from TikTok on how to approach TikTok, the importance of being friends with your audience, why his first video went so viral, his simplified production process that only requires his phone, wired headphones, and the TikTok app, how he approaches his Patreon and pricing formats, the most money he made from one month on patreon why he started a newsletter and how he produces it and the value of building your creator business with a business partner who can handle the administrative duties of your creator brand so the creator can focus on what they do best and much much more i hope you enjoy this conversation as much as i did let's get into the show with austin okay so normally all right if i'm if i'm just like shooting it we're having fun i'm just trying to like because being a TikToker is not like a flex, in my opinion. It's like I can't flex. <laughs> I'm a TikToker, but if I'm just having fun, it's like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a TikToker. They're like, no, you're not. What does that mean? Like, there's no yep. way. And so, like, I kind of go into yep. detail. But like, if I was like really trying to impress someone and tell them what I do, I think I'd start with saying I'm a venture capitalist. Right? We've got mm. 18 companies we've uh, invested into over the last 18 months, uh, 20 months yep. or so. So I'd start with that, and then um, I would say I own you know some sort of media company where uh, it's a lot of digital advertising and storytelling and that you know those two mm. buzzwords are like Ooh, okay what does that mean though right and so then we yeah. get into conversations about it um, but i would always start with probably venture capitalist i like that positioning i own a media company because well, here's the deal i think the best creators think about their content in terms of it's a media company like they put that hat on because they think more about distribution than like needing be an artist. They think about like how to get these concepts to more people in the world. And like, that's what a media company does. They think more strategically. Mm-hmm. Uh, a colonist Samir talked about that with, on the episode with MKHB, um, how like the best creators are more strategists. And I feel like when you say media company, I hear strategy. So tell me, what was your first, like, how did you break into this world? Like, what was that, that, that moment where you were like, um, like in your creator journey where you, you started experimenting uh, with putting out content? 100%. Um, so at the very beginning, like just all growing up, I've, I've been a super entrepreneur. Uh, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many just random one-off things I did either when I was in middle school or high school to try and make a buck. Um, if it was idea guy, dude, I love it. Right. If it was, I mean, <laughs> trying to build websites for people, if it was, you know, selling t-shirts, if it was, you know, uh, mowing lawns or snow blowing driveways when I yep. lived in Denver, I mean, I was always trying to make a buck. <laughs> and so I'd always knew for whatever reason I was going to be an entrepreneur when I was older. Um, but I just kept going through the motions, right? Graduate high school, you go to college. Funny enough, I didn't apply to college until the very last day that you could apply like with like for that for my graduating class because uh, I didn't know if I was going to go to college I didn't know what I wanted to do I, just, I mean I knew I, I knew mm-hmm. I needed to my parents told me I had to but it's like I didn't have that burning mm-hmm. desire to go go to corporate America yeah. and so you know how it all started was you know this just ongoing mentality that I really uh, loved building infrastructure and, and building businesses around ideas and so 
I started, you know, getting really excited about personal finance and investing after Dave Ramsey. Um, there's a lot of good things and bad things to say about the guy, but he's the one that, generally speaking, inspired me to think about money and investing. Yeah. And and so then what happened is I don't know about you, but I'm a I'm a YouTube fiend, right? Growing up, I was all I was always on YouTube, seeing just watching stuff. And I was watching yep. Nate O'Brien, I was watching Graham Stephan, uh, Andre Jick, Meet Kevin, these really cool people, these fine personal finance and investing like like kind of talking heads, personalities. Um, and I, I didn't really understand exactly their business model, but I knew I wanted to talk about similar things. And so I went to TikTok. Um, well, first I started on YouTube, it didn't work. And then I thought, well, you know, very low, uh, just, just, I don't have any, I, I'm a very low skill editor. I don't understand all this other stuff. Like what can I do? So I picked up my cell phone at the time it was an iPhone eight. I still had a home button when I was making TikToks and, uh, the, during the pandemic. And I started just sharing my thoughts and ideas about the stock market and the economy. Um, and from that, you know, building out that, you know, you mentioned this distribution and this infrastructure, I didn't really have a plan. Obviously I, I knew like sponsored content was a thing, but I didn't really understand mm-hmm. how people began to monetize their audiences until I saw that Andre Jick on YouTube had a Patreon and his Patreon was wildly successful Two, three thousand, four thousand 4,000 people, um, were you know, patrons and they were nine or $12 a month. And you obviously you can do the math on that. And I'm like, wow, what's this guy doing? And so all he's doing is giving access to himself through direct messages, through uh, access to maybe his thoughts on, on his portfolio or what he was building specifically within his niche, but it was an access point. Right. And so I was like, well, why don't I offer access of myself and my time? my energy mm-hmm. to uh, other people that might think that that's valuable to them. And so I, I took the same sort of approach that he did. That was the first way I started monetizing as a creator and thought about my strategy as of building my creator business was through Patreon. And, and it was all, all inspired through Andre Jick's Patreon. And then from that, I've, I've been able to build a lot more infrastructure around that. But the first you know direct strategy was just figuring out, you know, not taking sponsors, not taking money from brands that, that want to say, hey, say this about my company. Because obviously, Obviously, I, I take sponsorships now, but obviously it's, it's because I believe in the companies, right? But you know, back then it's like, oh, wait, you want to pay me 50 bucks to talk about your app? Like that sounds pretty cool, right? Um, but it's, it's staying authentic to yourself in, in the sense that not taking sponsorships, but instead looking towards your community, your audience and saying, how do you guys value me? And at what point is it, am I so valuable that you want to pay for that? And, and um, that's, that was the beginning. At what point did you start taking sponsors? How many how many followers in? Um, so I'm, I'll never forget first sponsor deal. I think it was uh, two two hundred dollars. I got Venmoed it. It was, it was on Venmo. Uh, and what it was is crappy. I like it. You got to yeah. <laughs> and, and it was this app. I don't know how many followers. I want to say I was probably close to like maybe forty, fifty, sixty thousand. Um, okay, so about it, where I am. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, and. It was about maybe six or eight months into this whole process, um, and it was this app that you played this game, and once you like, you're a video game character, and it's it's kind of like um, like a quest kind of right if you're like in, into those maybe uh, like RuneScapes or World of Warcraft type games, and it's like a quest you go through, and by um, picking the specific decisions, it's like if you pick up this or you do this or you choose this task over another task, it tells you, well, it tells the game as to who you are as a person. If you're an introvert, if you're an extrovert, if you're empathetic, if you're quick yep. decision-making, strategic, whatever. And then what that app does is it tells you all these, you know, your soft skills and then prints it out kind of like this resume type thing and then sends it to recruiters looking for people 
who have who possess those soft skills with specific like, job titles. It's genius. It was backed by Mark Cuban. It was on Shark Tank apparently. Um, yeah, it, it was really dope. cool app. But I'll just I'll never forget one because it was my first one. But two, just how cool of an app it was. Yeah, the reason I ask is because um, I'm starting to get more brand deal opportunities, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's I've noticed that the like the building of my like audience has slowed down because i've been like now i have like four ongoing brand deals and like i feel like i have like four bosses in like extra bosses that like i have to entertain with my content Mm -hmm. whereas like i was seeing all of this traction now i'm focusing on uh you know like you know three to four different partners with my content i'm curious like did you feel any of that when when you started to get brand deals at the beginning, or or is this just a mental thing in my head that I might be uh, experiencing? No, I definitely felt that. I think um, what was sort of interesting. So to talk toward that, right? My big goal in 2020 when I started TikTok was to just grow. Right? It's like I'm on TikTok. Yeah. Now, I want to get as many followers as I can. I don't care about. You know, I just want to grow, 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 grow. 2021, the first you know quarter or two of 2021, it was a similar structure. But once I quit my job, which was March of 2021, almost about a year ago, right, this month, um, it was like, okay, I'm grown. I have 450, 500,000 followers now. I got a lot of people that know who I am, support me, want to be part of this. And now how do I turn on the monetization lever for that? It's like I have their attention. Yep. Now how do I monetize against it? And so for me, that was being on those, like you said, you got these four bosses, these four brands that are... Um, they're great, by the way. They're great. They're, we love, they, we love, uh, the, good, we love the good brand Yeah, bosses. yeah. But there's still a mental psyche, like there's a, m- a mental pressure around creating with someone else's name attached to mm-hmm. it. It is very different than a quick idea, like off the hip that you can just put out there to the world and experiment with. Like, I feel like, so, so just want to interject there. Yeah, like, no, I love, totally. love the brand. We love the brand. They're we actually probably the, the best brands you could, yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, yeah, still pay me. Still But I guess what I'm saying is like, you know, let me now begin to monetize, turn that lever on against my, these, these people's attentions in ways that not only like, you know, you kind of think back to yourself, you're an incredible storyteller. It's obvious. Um, and so I think back, it's like, I was able to tell these great stories. For example, my most viral video ever was a video of me explaining how anyone in the United States could theoretically retire a millionaire over 40 years by investing into a Roth IRA. I've been doing it since I was 18 years old. I used Betterment to do it. Um, and they, they were great. And so I shared that I opened up my Betterment account and said, Hey guys, here's my retirement account. It's got a couple thousand dollars in it. Here's my, you know, whatever people saw that and they're like, Whoa, this is really cool. And you know, I was able to tell that story, and that drove 42,000 funded accounts for Betterment, saved them like $3 million in ad spend, and ended up adding $78 million in enterprise value to their most recent funding. Like that one one video. Was it a brand deal it or brand just deal. an organic? It was just an organic, like your boy's trying to be a good storyteller. And I guess I told a damn good story. And so now yeah. it's like, I can do that. I, I know how to do that. Now let me like integrate companies in a way that's meaningful. And so now that's what's, you know, public and FTX and, you know, Fundrise. Yep some companies like that it's it's uh it's been really cool but no i i think i i totally empathize with what you're saying it's like you got to continue grinding out the, the normal tom storytelling to keep your audience entertained with who you are and what you're doing while also strategically placing in the ads and the sponsored content that's also entertaining so they don't want to swipe away too fast so you can still kind of hook on the algorithm but, but keep them entertained <laughs> but also like not try and sell out it's it's a balancing act man it, it 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 is, and part of me thinks like, okay, maybe I I I maybe I I scale back to like one, 
one a month. Mm-hmm. Just do that one really well and then focus on just like getting to a certain number and then cr- hit that lever up. Because I have the relationships. Yeah. And at that point, I'll be able to charge more anyway. So it'll kind of balance out. Uh, so that's sort of what I'm thinking is just like going for a certain, you know, like a, pick a fun metric to just like have a goal around and then kind of crank the lever up from there. But I, I love the direction this is going because, you know, I, I think a lot about, you know, short form video is the, is the, is the, you know, the thing that everyone's competing on. Mm-hmm. And I would like to talk about like, you know, how you, how you approach like your newsletter and stuff, uh, you know, later in the convo. Sure. But when you think about short form video, uh, and creating for your TikTok, um, like, like how, like, what are some things like I, we don't need like the quick, you know, the tactics because they always change. But like, how do you think about short form? Is there like a, there a is. structure to your creative there process is. that you go to every time? So not exactly a structure, but okay, you know Tejas Halur, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so go. me and Tejas were on Facetime like three days ago, and I was just telling him how kind of I wasn't like burnt out on TikTok, but I'm like, man, like I don't know, like I like you know I've got all these cool things happening. I got 500k on TikTok, and he's like, what's it gonna take for you to get to five million? And I'm like, do, do I want five million? First off, like like do I want to be mm-hmm. there? Do I want to do that? Do I want to? He's like, of course you do, man, because like think of all the cool things you've done because you have 500k. <coughs> Excuse me. Imagine what would happen if you have five million. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get there. And then I was like, so should I be like a Frank Michael Smith, which I'm, I'm not sure if you know who he is, but he makes like awesome uh, sports content. And he's like a talking head, kind of like always looking up at his camera, but he's got cool like flybys and cool animations. Like he's crushing it. And he's got a lot of followers. And I was like, should I do a Frank Michael Smith where I have the video editors come in and I'm like, you know, really upping my content. And he's like, no, 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 no. You own this really weird niche of picking up your phone and talking to someone like they're your best friend. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, mm. all your videos, you pick up your phone and you're recording your computer screen and explaining something to someone like they're your best friend or you're looking at your camera like it's your best friend teaching them something important or you're writing something out on how to refinance a mortgage. Like you, like, like you explain that to, like, to the person watching as if you would like your, yep. your mom or your dad. And, uh, and he's like, you got to own that and maybe, you know, make it more funny. Maybe you can have like, a, he, he really said like, put a mirror next to your, uh, next to your notebook next time. And whenever you want to make like an emphasis or a funny comment, you move your camera over to the mirror and like show your face and like say something funny and then move it back. Something, someone would be like, what the heck's this guy doing? Right. Um, so maybe that'd be like a little different, but he's like, dude, you got to own this sort of peer to peer not mentor to peer type mentality where you want to stay best friends with your with your audience, learn and grow together. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, that's exactly right. And I always knew like I like I have very low lift content, right? I pick up my phone and I just record whatever I see on my computer screen or I write something out, a nice little diagram on my notebook and that's the case. And I think I think that that's really, and I don't know if this is a bias toward how I consume my own content or how you, maybe you consume, or I'd love to get your thoughts as well, but whenever I see something that's super overproduced and you can just tell someone took a lot of time and energy creating it, it makes me think that like, okay, they're really trying to hammer home a, a something here. If it's a call to action, if it's they're trying to really tell yeah. me something, like, but there's like, they put a lot of time and energy into this to make something happen at the end or, or within it. What, and I'm trying they, to think they, what it they is. want something from me. Exactly. They yeah, like want something over, from me. If it's produced, me. yeah. It's like, yeah, why, why and do you like, invest all... so much of your time and resources? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, Dude, though. that's so true. Yeah. In everyday life, you know, just going to the grocery store, every sign we see, every thing that is like looking at us, like every brand, they all want something from yeah. us. So when we go and consume content as like, you know, consumers, of, you know, users on these apps, we want 
we don't want to be asked for anything there. We just want to like want, yeah, learn, right. entertain, be it's inspired. So like our spidey sense goes up as soon as it feels like this is produced. There's an angle here. We don't like angles. Exactly. So, so keep going. And I just I want to interject that, there. And kind of back to why my video, the first one about retiring a millionaire went so viral. It was the first time I ever pulled out a notebook and it was my first notebook video. I pulled out my notebook and I wrote out how to retire a millionaire. Step one, live in the USA. Step two, be over the age of 18. Step three, do like just super simple. Like I'm your, your, your uncle talking to you. Like, like you're just trying to learn something here. I'm going to break it down for you. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think that's and what resonates. Did you film your note? Did you film your notebook in that? Like what was the production of that like were you just or were you reading off of your notebook no, i filmed the notebook it's actually really funny when you think about my production so what i do is i put in my uh my headphones <laughs> and whenever i have to use so i normally film with my right hand and i hold because i've got the these things i got these wired headphones these are this, this is the magic right here right so i got these yep. wired headphones, <laughs> and i, I, pull, yeah, I yeah. put them in and i pull across so the microphones like close to my mouth so i can talk toward it and then i'm filming my computer yeah. screen i'm zooming in with my thumb and doing that stuff but when i have to um use my mouse and move stuff or have to write something in real time then i hold my phone with uh to, like like this and I have this finger kind of hooked out so I can wrap the uh, the microphone around it here and then so I'm talking like this while also so trying it's to write. taught dude it's so yeah. funny it's so funny and that's that's what bro, I do bro, bro I love it I love it wait, wait 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 I got so many questions um so you're doing that for that video are you, do you do that oh yeah so what do you edit it in TikTok do you edit it in TikTok I don't even you edit it in dude I love it yeah, man. Bro, dude, like, dude, I, when I tell you guys, like, the power of this stuff. I'm so, yo, no, 100%. Like, I cannot edit. I don't have any editing video software. I don't have CapCut. I don't know how to do any of that. My brain doesn't work that way. But my brain, I can explain something to you, and I know what I want it to look like, and I can I can try and do it myself. And if I'm able, and I, you know, don't get me wrong, there's so many retakes. There's a lot of like go backs, refilm, go back, refilm, because I didn't yeah, click the button. Yeah, yeah, right you're trying to or, make it. You know what I'm smooth, saying? Just, yeah. But yeah, it's all in TikTok. It's so powerful, man. It's such a powerful app. Dude, that's beautiful. I think a lot of people, because I come from like more of the, um, like, you know, I have a lot of filmmaking friends. I have a lot of friends like traditional, like, um, media world where I think they're almost, a lot of them are at a disadvantage because they like try to bring that to TikTok and they overthink everything. And like, even me, like, I have a lot of, I, I like have to, more recently, I've been, there, there was moments at the beginning when I was starting where I was editing a lot, and like now I st I do film on like a nice DSLR, and I've 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 I oftentimes I'm like, do I should I like start incorporating more iPhone stuff? But still, I'm trying to meet like, all right, I can film it on DSLR, but there's still like a, a way of editing where it's like it feels light, it doesn't feel like. I'm trying to push anything on you. Yeah, so it's, um, it's not a Netflix documentary, you know? what I'm saying it's like yeah. Super for sure. And that's yeah. what, you know, back to your original kind of question. It's like, what's the infrastructure? What's the step-by-step -step on how I create my content? Yeah. That's it. It's like, how do I make this feel and seem? Because it is. Like, I'm just another guy in the world trying to share with you an experience I had or something I'm going through. I've seen that. I've seen that very, very well. It's And, and back to that, that same video. It's like, my videos that do the best are ones where I walk people through an experience I just had. So like, you know, I can pull up the Betterman account and show you how much money I have and how often, like I got the, the, the proof, right? A, a video that just did really well on LinkedIn and we can talk about how important LinkedIn is for like creators is uh, refinancing my mortgage. So I, I just, I'm going through the refinancing process right now with my mortgage and I broke through like, or broke down 
what it means, how I'm taking on another twenty-three dollars or $28,000 in debt is going to be added to my mortgage, but that was from equity in my home, so I get it as cash, and, and it's up to 80% equity, and so I got you were just showing walk. But like, I was able to say, like, hey, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm actually going through right now. Here's what's going to happen, Like, and people love that. It's like, oh, shit, okay, now, because it makes them think, like, if he can do it, and he just walked it through that simple, like, why don't I do this? I should yeah. go do this too, or I can try this, or maybe I know someone that can try this, you know? Yeah, and, and just to give you credit, there is there is something about your content that I think that like for you, you it probably doesn't feel like a superpower, but not that many people are able to take things that like, because like all the stuff you just explained is very complex to me, <laughs> but you're able to chunk it down and and simplify it. And like there's definitely... A, a, you know, a, a superpower in your just your ability to do that in like a simple 30 second video, whereas like, you know, I would have read that whole page and been like, you know, like, like that, that, that meme that's going around. It's like, yeah, yeah it's like it's the like, person's like, yeah, yeah, that, that would be me looking at that. Um, I appreciate okay, that. So, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So you're filming it in the phone. So coming up with the idea, though, is there any like structure behind like, you know, how you produce them? Yeah. So. I feel like all the creators listening right now are going to hate me for saying this, but there's no damn structure. I, I mean, I shit you not. I'll see a title on like CNBC or like I'll have an email come through like, you know, hey, Austin, we can refinance your mortgage. And I'm like, oh, shit, maybe I should explain that to people. And that's the whole thing. And it takes me maybe 30 minutes to film it, edit it, upload it. And that's the whole thing. And people. So you have no list of like ongoing ideas nah, for videos. I, I mean, I swear the only list that I do have, though, are advertisers. Right. And so, like, for example, it's like, OK, I, I owe this advertiser, you know, two videos this month uh here's an idea for what that video can look like and another for what that video could look like and i got to tell them that ahead of time but that's the only time that i like do that dude i love that and i you know what i think there's something um about that that works because tiktok is so much or, or short form content in general is, is so much like the stuff that does the best and i've noticed even with mine it my best content was around things that were happening real time it was like part of the discussion. It was something that like, you know, a lot, a lot like like the one video I, I, you know, I do these creator highlight videos all the time. I did a video on Kabi Lane when he hit a, a hundred million and everyone was talking about it. And like, so the timing was right and the content was good. So I, and that was an idea I had that day. And I just, so I think maybe more creators can probably adopt that because it, it actually, the, the algorithm likes it because it's like buzzing and people actually care about it. hundred percent. And it kind of comes back to that point we were making before of like the low production quality it's like i mean think of a video write it down script it out figure it out get the, all that stuff or just pick up your phone and talk to someone and what whatever's on your mind it's like it's right there you know yeah, sh should i start filming with my iphone <laughs> dude what why don't we do this we should we should you know, what are those videos where sometimes people like both film something from different perspectives or like you know me and tay just did one where he like talked about how he saw afterpay as like a checkout thing and then he explained it and he's like yeah and let me ask my friend austin about this and then it like linked out like you know go check out austin's video and i made a video breaking down how afterpay makes their money and stuff maybe we should just yeah. both pick up our iphones and talk about something and, and we'll, we'll do something like that that'll be that the, the first iphone video you do let's do it i'm in let's do it i'm man. in y'all heard it we're doing an official collab let's get it <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it I'll, I'll think of an idea i'll write it down in my um in my long list of ideas <laughs> and and you'll just wing it uh let's do that uh okay so all right so that's the production style are you thinking about hooks at all Yes, like, I do think you? of hooks. Okay. I do think of hooks. Okay. So um, that wasn't something I, I thought of 
um, in the beginning. I feel like it was so easy to grow on TikTok in the beginning. Yeah, it's crowded now. Here. But um, more recently, I've been thinking about hooks probably the last like six months. So for example, I just posted a video to my TikTok uh, three days ago. Steph Smith, she writes for The Hustle, did this incredible uh, Twitter thread. I don't know if you know this or not, but back in 19, late 1990s, when yep. uh, Jeff Bezos started Amazon, he left his high paying very lucrative private equity job to go and start this company. Why did he do that? Because he heard the statistic that the internet was growing at 2300% a year. He's like I should be, you know, selling something in a, you know, market that's growing this fast and so he went and started Amazon. And so what Steph Smith did is she started a Twitter thread that said this is what caused Jeff Bezos to start Amazon this this stat what other stats are causing people to start companies? And she listed yeah. out like a bunch of them. And I'm like, this is this is good content, but like, what about video side of this, right? So what I did is is I I picked up that because I think what's interesting is like I've noticed this too. People don't just want to go to TikTok to be read a headline or like read something on a computer screen. They also want some added perspective or added value beyond that. Yeah. So what I did with this was I said, you know, here are like five different stats that are really, really cool, as well as two stock ideas that potentially could, you know, uh, do well considering mm. growing markets. So one of them. So you remixed it and then, add, and then did an alley-oop on it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so one of them was talking about how, you know, cybersecurity uh, hacks are becoming so and so just more and more exponentially more expensive for the companies that get hacked and so then I, I was like palo alto networks is a, is a thriving cybersecurity company like feel free to check them out if you want to like invest towards cybersecurity stocks like here's an idea right and so um but back to the hook for a second i know that the, the you know the name jeff bezos will get anyone to stop scrolling you say jeff bezos it's like oh yeah what do you got to say about the richest man in the world was, was he going to say yeah, about yeah. jeff right so i started that that tiktok off and it's got a quarter million views which to me is a is a, is a, a slam dunk right and i said jeff bezos like i said it very like so you know i'm saying <laughs> like, his name yeah, yeah, right? yeah. and i said like there's, there's gonna be a follow-up exactly. like my man the, yeah yeah and so I, I said it very deliberately in a way that you're like you're scrolling and some guy says oh what's he gonna say and then i, I go into it right and uh, i think that's obvious on uh, why the video did uh well too is just because I, I got that that people to stop scrolling listen to the first little bit and i made sure the first um the first st statistic that I read was like alarming. So the, the first one was, because it's all about, you know, you think back to Mr. Beast and how he makes his videos. Um, and I think he's talked about this in the past, but it's like every so, every if it's seven seconds or four minutes or whatever, you got to have another like hook to get people to want to stay and watch another. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Never hit a dopamine. And so I, I was like, Jeff Bezos did this. It's like, all right, it's about 14 seconds of me rambling here. Like, what's that next hook? And so it was the And then first you ask step. another question. Yeah. Yeah. And that first stat was um, uh, the price of college tuition has outpaced the um, the, the wages that we make uh, by 10 times over the last like 20 years. And people are like, whoa, that's thought provoking. What else is this guy going to tell me? And so I yeah. think you know, that's what kept him through the, the video as to why you know, the algorithm picked it up too. But I do think about hooks. Um, I do. I do. Yeah. And what are some do things to avoid in hooks? Like what do you see when like, you know, things that you're trying to avoid doing you know if there's like two to three things it's like yeah like that um that, that's gonna make the video tank if you come on come on from from that angle um i think making it too hooky it could be a first one i th i really don't like when people mm. are like 
uh, three things or something about this and you're going to love the last one. It's like you want me to stay for the whole video. So you're out like mm. I can I, I see through that very easily. And I think other people I've done that. I don't think that yeah. people on TikTok are stupid. They're very, very smart and they can see through all that stuff really quickly. So I'd say Dude, that's the first one. They're so and, smart. And funny. I hate enough, when they, they do it. I get, I get called out on some real, I'm like, yeah, they got me. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you knew I was trying to like, get I try to like, Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's like, you learn though. Like you don't let that, like, you know, be a knock on you. It's like, okay, cool. That's cool. Feedback. Like, you know, they'll tell you. Oh, they'll 100% tell you when you're being, <laughs> 100%. So, okay. So too hooky. Cause it almost feels like, yeah, it's like watching like a Facebook ad exactly. where it's like, listen, I like I, I can like fe- like I can feel what you're trying to do here. Um, so I'd say so too hooky, hooky, avoid that. And and I think the other one, um, it's kind of weird, but this was my entire like MO and mantra on TikTok. But for my hook was to not show my face. I'm sure you've seen my TikTok for the last, you know, in the first two years I was on the platform, I didn't show my face because I think that everyone has an inherent bias as to what this person's going to say, given how they look. Are they a male? Are they a female? Are they wearing glasses? What colors their skin? How old are they? What, what colors their hair? Like, what do they look like? And, and if I tell you something, you know, if I'm looking at you as a 14 year old boy and I say, here's how to retire a millionaire. And I'm clearly very young. You're going to screw This kid has no fucking clue what he's talking about. What is it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if it's, fact if i show if i show you the screen or i show you something that's just a fact or a figure or something i can explain people don't think oh what does this person you know what do they look like how do, how do i you know connect there's no dots to connect there and so it's just pure entertainment or education and so from a hook perspective that's why for the longest time i never showed my face and never did any of that stuff it's always just that you- you never showed your face the whole video or the first couple seconds? The whole video, just because I never showed my face. But um, in the first couple seconds, too. Like I, I, I recently just did this one because I wanted to say Jeff Bezos really, really like, like that. Um, but no, I, I just never showed my face. So for most of your videos, you don't show your face for any of the video? I could count on one hand how many times my face has been in my TikTok videos. And I've probably posted over 600 videos. Really? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I've experimented with that. And I like, like, like you, you hear me getting excited. Like I love testing this stuff. So I did that with a video where I, uh, I cut the hook off. The hook w- was me and went straight to the content of me, like talking about this creator. And it was just like the picture of her and the text. And it did so much better. <laughs> Maybe I'll experiment with more of that, uh, more of that angle. Like, text and like the, like the heart of the subject 100% man 100% because at the end of the day it's like you know I, I just want to create content to educate people to become the best financial versions of themselves and make informed financial decisions because at the end of the day we have an insane wealth gap and if I can somehow help with that with people you know better making investment decisions or just money decisions in general like that's the goal and I don't think people want to look toward, you know, some 24, 23 year old at the time. And like, what does this kid know? It's like, I don't want to listen to this guy. It's like, I can't tell you though. It's really funny. Um, there's actually several people that I've become friends with on this app that were like, dude, I thought you were like 35 or 40. Like, I didn't like, I, I thought you were way older. Like, I had no idea that you're this <laughs> Yo, 24 year old. Well, you, you definitely, um, yeah, I, I think I, now that I'm thinking about it, like the only like I- image of you before I, like you and I talked was like probably just like either stories um, or uh, or like like your 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 icon like your your avatar photo, um, but yeah you do you you also have a good voice though, uh, 
you have like a commanding voice. So I think that helps too. It's kind of built for that like audio first. It's like, all right, this, this guy, it, it does. You, you like come off like it has like this air of like he knows what he's talking about. That's so weird to me because one, I always was like so I hated my voice. Like everyone hates their voice, right? But I especially yeah. hate my voice on on uh, camera and like video and stuff. But since making TikToks, I've had countless people tell me I should be a voice actor, and I'm like, I don't know. Totally, I don't think that's a thing. Maybe it is, right? Maybe. But like literally, like people are like just all about this voice acting stuff now, and I'm like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> but Bro, you no one's ever told me that my entire I, life until I got on TikTok. Y- Dude, you definitely could be a voice actor. I think that you, you're you're making more money what you're doing now, unless like it's like a Disney voice actor. Uh, actually, I don't know how much voice actors are paid, but um, I think yeah, you, 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 you could definitely you got a great voice. I don't know if you ever talked to the people at TikTok, but I imagine that like you're like the, like an avatar for for TikTok. Like this is what we want. We want someone that is like this knowledgeable and has this expertise in a field, but uses our app in like the most minimalistic way to get his message to the world, right? Like, I think, because, like, that's why they built these tools. Like, I think they they want people to use them the way that they made, like, they made them because that inspires more people to do the same, more people on the platform. Um, and you're someone that is, like, very much, like, providing valuable insights. Like, like uh, you know, you're not dancing. It's not, like, pointing that stuff. It's, like, actual useful information. And I think they probably love what you're doing. But we also talked about your friend, um, Tejas, um, who makes more produced content. So, you know, and I make more produced content. And I, I told you before, like, I try to weigh the balance between like, what's overproduced and what's like the perfect amount of produced for TikTok. What do you think? Because he does, he's one of my favorite editors, creators, storytellers. What do you think does, he does so well to get away with more more on the produced end of content but makes it feel still relatable like it's your friend so if you think about it anyone that's let's just say they're sharing a story or an idea right say it's an idea if on my side what i would do is i'd pick up my cell phone talking head right and i'd I'd talk to myself or i'd talk to the camera share my idea walk people through my perspective it's a whole script right it's a whole thing that's that let's Mm -hmm. just call it let's say me and tages are saying the same thing same idea I would ping up my phone. I'd say that. Um, maybe I'll use the auto-generated captions that, that TikTok has. People like those. What Tejas would do is he'd do the same thing. And I think, and that's why it works, is because he's still picking up his phone and showing you where it looks like it's on his camera. But it looks like, you know, he's talking to his phone. He makes his own captions or different colors. So that kind of grabs your eye. But then as he's telling a story or sharing his idea, he's showing B-roll in a sense that's not, you know, your your traditional camera like span like b-roll like like animation yeah bullshit it's him in real life doing those things yeah. and so it's him at the sushi store you know or him at the restaurant him at the, with friends you know yeah. him with his friends or him doing that thing where it's like okay this guy's telling me a story an idea but instead of it me thinking it's overproduced he's just giving me more context as to what he's saying so i can mm-hmm. better understand it and so that's why i think that his videos are so successful and just so captivating is because how he's dropping in that context and that sort of b-roll it's not overproduced b-roll it's him it's him doing his real life stuff but it's now in a way that's allowing you the the audience member to better understand the idea he's trying to get across which then makes you say okay this isn't a netflix documentary with like you know weird stuff going across the screen it's just this guy trying to better tell me his story or share his idea in a way that i better understand it
Yeah, no, that's a great point. That's a great point, uh, and I think that that is because um, I, I I like this like I geek about geek out about this stuff too because I'm like why like there's some people that you know um, you know they have like the perfect setup and it just they, there's a there's a disconnect and there's other people that do it well and it feels almost native to the platform uh, and some people it's just like in, like there's intangibles it's just like yo he's got like a knack for this thing and it's like it's hard to package or explain you know why he's good at some it. people are incredibly <laughs> fucking talented and he's one of them dude yeah 100 so are you by the way that's you are yeah. literally i swear to you man i was on my for you page and i saw one of your videos i said shit i'm about to lose everything to this guy like I was like this guy because you talked about a business, you talked about something with money, like or something that was like trying to be sort of me, sort of like content that I made, but it was way, way, way better than what I do because your content rocks, and I'm like this guy's taking my job. Yo, yo, I I appreciate that one, but that's not even close. I I, I don't have close to the knowledge of the uh, of the uh, financial world as you. I I, I need to consult <laughs> with you, um, but I I appreciate that. I appreciate that, and like I'll hit my like. I enjoy it. Like, I think that there's just like, I think, I think that's kind of like a, um, uh, like this, the, 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 the secret weapon to some of the best creators. Like they really enjoy like figuring out how to package these ideas in a way that connect with an audience. And other people are like doing it from like a heady, heady place, like up here, like, Oh, like I want to hack the algorithm. I want to do this. But like, I think the people that like really end up winning, they, they, they enjoy it enough to like, to just like, you know, figure out their unique angle on things in, in order in order to make them work. I think the people also like thinking about hacking the algorithm and stuff. Um, what's really funny is people, a lot of people want to be like overnight or like, you know, within one year, like I've got these lofty goals of having all these followers or all these subscribers or like whatever it is. But and I sound like Kim Kardashian now. I was going to say <laughs> but no one wants to spend four hours a night on Instagram DMing all the people that followed your TikTok because what I did is like I that's how I got my first thousand patrons on Patreon is I sent ton, probably thousands of direct messages I, I mean I DM'd the first like 5,000 people that followed me on on Instagram it wasn't just like a copy paste either what happened was I thought this I thought okay if this person saw my video and they liked me enough to follow my TikTok, and then they like my stuff enough to click my Instagram icon, switch to a completely different app, look at the stuff I posted there, and then follow me there as well, they're invested into whatever I'm doing yep. here. So now if that's the case, I'm gonna shoot them a DM and say, hey Charles, thanks so much for shooting me a follow. I love the last three pictures of your cat. Nancy seems really cute. Yeah. By the way, I just posted this awesome article on my Patreon. A lot of it's free, some of it's paid. Let me know what you think. Boom, and I send them a free article. The conversion rates on this were like 30%, dude. I'm telling you, like, every first off, everyone would open up their Instagram DMs because it's some random 42-year-old or a random, you know, 29-year-old who's just living his life. Of course, if he gets a DM from someone, he's going to open it. So one, open rates were nearly 100%. Two, they would always click the link because they'd say, oh, that's really cool. Or like, oh, I never thought about that. Or like, why'd you say this, right? So like, they'd always want to try and figure out further. And then once they had him there, man, it's like, oh, $4 a month or $9 a month, I can like access this stuff like that's not even my netflix subscription that's super affordable sign me up and so then that's how and then once you get them into the ecosystem there that's what i was then doing is like once they were in the, the patreon ecosystem that's when you introduce the fundrises the betterments the different sponsors that were really meaningful because what happened was um for example um you know block uh, so crypt, everyone's talking about cryptocurrency where do i start how do i do this what's going on 
Um, I was like, I need a cryptocurrency partner. Coinbase is way too big to care about me. FTX wasn't really that popular just yet. So BlockFi was the, the company I wanted to go with. We, I, I talked with them. It was cool. Um, and they're like, sweet. Uh, let us, like, we have a tracking link now. We'll tell you how, man, how much money and assets people uh, buy through our platform with your link. I was like, all right, sweet. Sign me up. I made one Patreon post explaining what Bitcoin was, how I screenshots my Bitcoin in my wallets, what it was worth, what I hope it turns into, all these other different things. $367,000 worth of Bitcoin was then bought in the following two weeks with my tracking code within my within my Patreon, right? So it's like once you get these people off of TikTok onto Instagram, you DM them, get them into, the, it's like a funnel, dude, get them into Patreon, and then you can then upsell them onto, not upsell, but, you know, advertise toward them as something meaningful. Up, the conversion once they're in there is bonkers. <laughs> Bonkers. Dude, this is brilliant. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I got so many, I got a thousand questions. Um, okay, so that that specific post you just talked about was that just in Patreon, or did you go on your TikTok and say, "Hey, the like, did you make a post about that post within Patreon, or like all that money came from converting from people engaging in Patreon?" Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Cool. And then yep. your str- what is your thinking on Patreon at, at at when you were just starting? Was it like like I'm trying to get a certain followers because at this amount of money each month it's going to give me five thousand dollars worth of recurring income? Like like what right. what what was like where did page was that like your first upgrade to in the business? Like you know getting people off of the social platform yes. but kind of into your own community. Exactly right, right? So it's like, I can't control the TikTok algorithm, but I can control how often I send someone a direct message on Patreon and it gonna, it's gonna ding on the app in their phone and they're gonna open it and listen to it or read it, right? And so that was always the goal is to get people off of TikTok and into other, you know, some other type of ecosystem that I had control over that I could say, I wanna send this and I know that they're gonna either get notified about it or, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna just pop right up where I can put a video on TikTok and I don't know if the algorithm is going to pick it up. Yeah. I don't know how many people are going to see it or what that looks like. And so, yeah, that was always the goal. And then beyond that, it was like figuring out, okay, once I have these people in here, how do I provide them the most value? Well, everyone's asking me, Austin, Bitcoin's gone from, you know, 15,000 to 30,000 in two months. I want, I don't know how to buy it. Where do I buy it? Coinbase, I don't, I don't get it, man. What's good? Like, how do I do this? Yeah. Like, let, like, teach me. And I say, okay, um, I use Coinbase. I use, uh, which I do. So I showed them like, these are the platforms I use, but you know, I've got this cool sponsored thing with BlockFi. And so I did a, a nice walkthrough on how easy it was with them and how to use it. Um, and that, that, the, the rest is, the rest is history. Uh, what, what would you, cause I think a lot of people, you know, I, I, there's a lot of people that listen to this, that like have, they're, they're at the point where they have an audience and they're like, mm-hmm. what, what's the business here? Like, what is like the, the, the approach here? And some of them might be thinking about a Patreon or a community type thing. If you were to do Patreon differently, if you were to do it again, what's one thing that you might do differently or something that you learned that like you probably would have, you know, just approached it from, a, from another angle? You know what I think I would have started doing? Not just more often, but in a much more scalable method was live streaming. I think I used to do live streams every Thursday. Uh, used to, I haven't live streamed on TikTok in well over a year. But I used to live stream every Thursday to my TikTok audience and people would always hop in, tune in because they knew what to expect, right? I think giving people cadence, predictability, as well as what's gonna be talked about makes them say, oh, 
oh yeah, it's it's uh, you know seven o'clock on a Thursday. Austin's going to be on the live, and he's going to talk about these four stocks, or he's going to talk about this or, or that because he's got structure to his to his stream every time. So giving people, I, I would I would really encourage people to start thinking about live streaming, not just in a way to better connect with your audience, but in a way to drive them somewhere else. So for example, this is really funny and kind of weird, but one of my another viral video I had was talking about unfortunately Nikola Motors which turned out to be fraud but what I did was you know they fraudulently said that they had you know I think it was 10 or so billion dollars in revenue pre-revenue or uh, pre-orders in revenue waiting on them for when they IPO they can take all this money build the company build out these trucks and sell them and I was like guys 10 billion dollars in revenue like Tesla is doing this billion and they're trading at this. If Nikola does 10 billion and they trade at half the valuation, they'll, their stock's going to 10x. And and like like that's just like how my thought was. And that video did really well and the stock ended up did 10xing and everyone got in at 13 bucks and sold at 96. But what, what was funny is I had a celebratory live stream on my on my TikTok and I was like, guys, Nikola's at $90. Like we're all rich. Like this is great. And everyone's like, dude, this is so cool. Like how can I give back? How can I support you? What's next for us? Like how do I, what's the next step? Like you got me hooked, right? You saw like, how do I keep going? And so within live, I was like, listen guys, if you want to, Check me out on Patreon if you want to drop in your your because I had a texting community too like text this number whatever hundreds of people at one point like just in in a one twenty four hour period jump to that next platform not because like and I'm saying I don't what I'm saying is I guess I don't think it would have been as successful if it was just a TikTok video that said hey guys this happened congrats to all of us if you want to do this again go here but I was live on my phone in my bedroom saying something to someone's face into their eyes and they're like okay cool like i like this guy let's 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 do that next thing and so if someone's thinking about like how to begin to introduce an idea to their audience or what it is i'd really encourage um live streams for sure but then thinking about the whole business around it i think it comes down to what the creator's doing and what they're trying to sell and i think everyone can can do or sell something um it's i'm not saying they're gonna make a ton a ton of money but like dude my favorite thing to think about um, there's a guy, oh, I forget his name. Um, we even zoomed once, which makes me feel really bad about it. Um, anyway, what he does is he's a college student. Well, he just graduated. He lives in Atlanta now. And I think he works for one of these consulting firms. But when he was in college, he was really poor. He didn't, I mean, he, he, he made enough to make rent and that's about it. And so he started making content about how he, he made these one or $2 meals all the time. And this guy's over here showing his videos on how he's making like pancake and he flips it into this and now it's like bacon in the pancakes and it's like all and it was like you know that was a dollar 19 it's like you know he's like i'm getting full on a dollar 19 and so i'm like dude this guy could make so much money having just like a recipe ebook and giving it away uh to capture emails and then using those emails to then uh say hey guys i'm gonna be cooking live on my you know crowdcast i'm selling five dollar tickets hop in i'll teach you how to cook my next my favorite meal right and that's 100 people that do made 500 dollars. and then he now has these emails and he can do that maybe once a week and so maybe it's not like selling a recipe book it's like oh i don't want to make a recipe book and sell it that's corny all right then don't sell it but give it away capture the emails and then leverage your your the connection you have with the emails to then upsell to maybe a live something that that you think is valuable enough to give away or to you know to, to sell for five ten fifteen dollars and then maybe even because someone you know decided to join you they do get a different recipe book or something that you made just specifically for them which kind of has a FOMO effect on the other people who didn't join you so now they want to do it too and now you're making more money 
being a content creator, live streaming your cooking process in front of all these people you met on TikTok than than you were, you know, working your your normal job in in college. Like it's just, I don't know. I just, Dude, I love it. I, people need to hear that. Stuff. So when you, how many followers were you at when when you were like, all right, I, I need to move move some of these people, you know, into this my own community here over at, over on Patreon. So early, like two weeks into it. How many followers is that? Like fit. So I got really lucky. My, I, I, I'm sorry. I like to think of stuff as time because my first viral, my first video was viral, and I went from zero to like fifteen thousand followers got overnight. It, got it. So I would say like um, you know fifteen or twenty thousand, but like the first two weeks, right? So like first thing I did is I saw you know, first TikTok video. Wait, it's March 17. First TikTok video I ever posted was on March 17. So you got me on the the, the anniversary here. Let's go, baby. I love it. Um, but so like it was March 17, and then immediately I was on Patreon in April. Like April first, I was already, yep. I was already over there trying to figure out how to get people there. And and how much were you charged? Like like my question is like so when people come in, what do you, what do you what were your tiers and like how like would you do anything different in like that the pricing like how you priced like the tiers was there only one? I was very methodical about it. Really really good question. So, um, the first thing was you know buy me a beer is three dollars three four dollar tier I think it was four actually but it was like buy me a beer. And it's like, hey, I appreciate what this guy's doing. This is really cool. Uh, no, it was $3, actually. It was $3. And it, I, I literally had that as a caption, like, buy me a beer. It's not a it's Nashville like, beer. Thanks, Austin. For- <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, thanks for doing all this fun stuff. Like, like here's your monthly beer. Like, cheers. Yeah. Um, and so that actually, it's funny enough, like, that had about 90 people um, just hop right on there and just wanted to buy me a beer. And so that was the $3 one. And then I had a, a, a $9 one, which was you get access to, because what... I, I noticed people really liked, excuse me, was they, they wanted to see what I was doing with my money, right? So like, let me see your brokerage account. Let me mm. see your crypto portfolio or like what you're doing. Like, how are you, you know, what's what's important to you? And like, let me get access to that. And so that was $9. And I made sure it was under 10, one, because you see two digits. And you're like, holy shit, 10 bucks a month. Like that's, you know, you immediately think like, oh, now that's a Netflix. Might as well like be a hundred. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but for nine bucks, it's like, oh, I got, I got $9. Yeah. It's, like, it's, a, it's like money you'd spend on like a app or like a game or I don't know. Yeah. Everyone had $9. So I, that was a really popular one. And then I ended up um, introducing a third tier for $17 that included a weekly live stream. And I can't tell you how many people upgraded from the nine to the seventeen. Oops, sorry, from the nine to the seventeen, uh, just to get that weekly live stream on Sundays. And so um, I don't, I don't exactly know why I chose seventeen. I think because I, when I thought of eighteen, I thought of twenty, and seventeen kind of made me think more of, of fifteen. But it was very thought. I thought through these numbers very specifically and like what that would look like going forward. And, and roughly, um, roughly, what. W- what 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 were those consistent numbers at when you were doing the Patreon? So I think I peaked at like sixteen hundred or seventeen hundred total patrons. Okay. I always had like ninety or a hundred people like buying me a beer. The nine dollar tier was really popular because that was you know it was just two tiers to begin yep. with, right? So um, the, we had several hundred in the the nine hundred, and then once I introduced the seventeen, it became more of a fifty fifty split between the nine dollar and the seventeen dollar. Um, and so then I'd say, call it total, like maybe 600 or 700 in the nine, 600 or 700 in the, uh, the 17 and the other like hundred or so, um, in the, the $3 tier. So you're the financial guy. I'm not good with quick maths, but, um, it's a couple thousand a month, right? In Patreon. The most, 
Yeah, so the most I ever made in a single month on Patreon was, uh, I think it was $19,000. Hey, yo. Wait, yo, that's crazy, bro. No, the wildest part, I'll never forget, dude. I'll never forget. I just started on Patreon. It was April of 2020. And my friend's like, dude, come over. Like, you know, pandemic's happening. Like, let's just lay out in the sun and drink some beers and, and, and like, just relax. I'm like, all right, cool. I go to his house. I got my first patron and he's paying me nine bucks. I'm like, dude. I just made $9. <laughs> and he's like, what are you talking about, bro? I'm like, dude, this is so crazy. I never forget. So that first month, it was 79 bucks. The first month I was on, on Patreon, I made $79. And like the people who were like through after they took the fees and stuff, right? But it was like $79. It was hit my bank account. And I was like, I can do this. I can do this. Dude, this is cool. when that first like, that, that first little like bag like hits the bank account, it's like, it, it, does, it clicks. It's like, oh, it's possible. If I can do that once. I can do that a hundred mm-hmm. times. I can do that a thousand times. Uh, so I love the way that you're thinking about this. For, for the live stream, um, how did you structure those? Did people come in? Could they like ask you questions? Did you bring people up? Did, you, like, did it feel like a one-on-one? Like what, like, what was totally. so, that, yeah, that, that, that format of the live stream? Like how much access did so, they get to you? A lot. So, so Patreon has an integration with Crowdcast which I had never used before uh, this, obviously. Um, But I started using it, and it's $89 a month, which to me is overpriced considering Riverside, which is what we're using right now. And what I also use for my podcast is like 300 bucks for like a whole year. Um, And it does the exact same thing. But long story short, it's my face, and I can have someone else on screen, or it's just me talking. But what is cool about it is there's a live chat on one side, um, and then there's also a way to queue up questions. And then when you're answering the questions, you can click start answering and it will timestamp um, the question and like what, like, you know what I'm saying? And then when I stop answering it, it, like, it kind of like you can see on YouTube yeah. and stuff. Um, so that is cool for people who just like want to get the highlights or like just want the Q&A at the end. Um, but it was, it was really intimate. And I, I, like I said, I do it every week now too. So what I've you done still is do I've it? moved from Patreon. Yeah, so, so, so I've moved from Patreon over to Substack. Um, I was, I was just, it was an incredible, um, just process their, their team. I, so what was wrong with Patreon, right? Let's talk about that for a second. There was no analytics. I had no idea how many people Mm. were reading my stuff. I had no idea how many people opening the emails. I had no idea how long they've been there. I I didn't know anything about these people. I had, uh, email addresses. I was about it. Um, so I had no analytics. There was no integrations as it relates to the content itself. I could bold stuff and I think I could italicize things. That was it. Mm. Where on on Substack, I'm able to have different fonts. I'm able to make things bigger or smaller. I can uh, copy and paste a YouTube video and it like embeds itself into the email that gets sent out. Same thing with a tweet. Same thing with um, a podcast episode. Like a lot of cool things. And I was like, all right, guys, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to build what I want to be and build, I can't just be on Patreon. Like I can't just be Austin Hankwitz on Patreon. Mm-hmm. I have to move to something that can support what I want to be and what I want to build and turn into. And so um, I was able to get connected with the people at Substack. They helped me with my process moving from one to another. It was actually a lot of like backend stuff that they were able to do with the email addresses and all these cool people. And it was, it was really great. And they're incredible people. And so I was able to move from uh, Patreon to Substack. And now uh, through Substack, it's it's just, it's it's incredible. Um, and, and so one of the, what's interesting though about Substack that that kind of was a little off for me. The one, the only one thing was they don't have tiers. They just have like paid, free, or like a, 
a godfather tier. It's mm-hmm. called their founding member tier. And so for my founding members, which are $24 a month, but paid or billed annually, which is $300 a year, then I sit down and we do the live streams. And I've got about, I think maybe 30 or so people who are doing that with me every weekend. Um, no, I'm sorry. Every, it used to be on Sunday nights. Now it's on Monday nights because it turns out people enjoy it on Mondays more, uh, which is cool with me. But yeah, still live streaming and, and it's going to those founding members inside of that, that tier on, on Substack um, versus just the paid tier uh, as well as versus just the free. So when someone comes into the Substack now, can they pay for that founding member price? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And and when they pay for it, it's a year. So, I mean, th- there's there's a bit of an advantage there because on Patreon, I feel like they could pay for that live stream for like one month and then just like get in and get out. Um, but like this one, like they're kind of com- they're like you have to do a year commitment. Correct. And that was actually kind of a sticky part of moving away from Patreon to Substack because um, halfway through my um, you know journey on Patreon, Patreon started offering annual subscriptions. Before it was just like month to month, like there's no way to just buy an annual. Um, but then once they started offering annual, like it just, it all just came in, right? And so um, that was specifically like what they were doing. Um, so, 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 so I had patrons who were annually subscribed on Patreon, but now it's October 2021 and I'm moving from mm. Patreon to Substack and they're like, yo, my Patreon subscription's not up for another six months. Like what like what's good over here? And so that's where, you know, Substack's uh, developers came in. They're like, all right, we're gonna figure out who what, what's left. We'll comp people here. Cool. We'll give them access to like, that's dope. it was really cool. Um, but yeah, it was it was and that, that's cool, right? Is having the access uh, to to do the the yearly totally yeah so and Substack just for anyone that's listening is it, would you describe that as like a newsletter platform or, or more I would, of a community I would, I would say it's a it's it's a way that's it's a way for people anyone to start an email newsletter I hate the word newsletter I don't know I, I know I, wish, I know I don't, I don't share news I, I mean like I know for, I, I wish there's like an yeah. You know, it's like like something else, an email blog, an email, like mm-hmm. an email campaign. I don't know. It's not, I'm not marketing anything. It's just like, but well, too, um, also the fact that there's like a live component that's very unlike like a traditional newsletter, like well, podcasting. Totally. Yeah. Let's tell people where the newsletter is and what, what do they get in these each, the, these, these tiers and how much work are you putting into it each week? So it's, it's called rate of return. Um, it took me a really long time to come up with a name. I, I like the I alliteration. Yeah, same. Um, I don't know if you know Rex Woodbury. Woodbury, um, he works over at Index Ventures, and uh, him and John, who uh, were at Goldman Sachs together for a while, which is how I met him uh, through John. And um, he has something uh, on Substack called Digital Native, and it's about like how people are using you know social media. I was like, Digital Native, like that's such a really good title. Yeah. It's like I need a title too so he his title inspired me to try and think about mine but so rate of return um it's you know on Substack. it's like this email newsletter thing but long story short is we give you all the information you need to attack the investing week ahead if that's recent ipos if that's earnings reports that just came out about companies if that's um you know some sort of news headline that just came out about a hire a fire maybe some regulatory something um it's every it's everything uh oh as well as um what is it uh like like these interviews and stuff with with different types of folks um i i found myself interviewing a lot of like for example there's there's 
a lot of publicly traded CEOs who are like on or CEOs and COOs who are like on the docket, right? So long story short is I'm trying to build this ecosystem where someone could drop in their email address and every Monday they have something sent to their inbox that says, sweet, heads up, here are the four companies who are going to IPO this week. Here's what I think about them. Like for me, as, a, as someone who worked in mergers and acquisitions for three years and has a degree in finance and economics, like here's what I think about them and where they could go. Um, here are all the earnings reports that are going to come up. You know, we got Amazon reporting on Tuesday. We got Apple reporting on Wednesday, Facebook on Thursday. Like, here's what to expect. You know, Facebook's declining. There's a lot, all of these things. So listen, you know, about, see what, what, what about the daily active users or, or, you know, Amazon's reporting and we know gas prices are sky high. Amazon's got a logistics cost with their, you know, prime, uh, Amazon prime. And so like, think about what they, what they say about that or this or that. Right. So it's like, it's not just data, right? I think that's what's so funny and why some people are so, in my opinion, kind of jaded towards these morning brews and these other just like, they just scrape data and dump it for you. I want to take data, put it in front of you and help you conceptualize it mm -hmm. and help you think toward why it's important or why you should think about this or that instead. And so I think that's what makes my newsletter a little bit different. But so it's... Go ahead, go ahead, yeah. I was going to say, so, so it's that. And then... Um, We've also got the investor relations uh, uh, presentations and stuff. So like, for example, like twice a year, some of these companies put on investor days where they invite a bunch of bankers. And they say, hey, guys, here's where our company is doing. Here's what we think is going to happen. Here are all the fun stuff that's happening with us and where the, where the industry is. And so it's like, hey, here are the three big investor things that are happening this week. And I, I specifically like this one because Netflix is going to be talking about, you know, what they're going to do with you know, UGC and different type of content like this or with that. So definitely tune into this. Um, and then I've also got a kind of a look back to, uh, there's a website called level fields that, that kind of looks at the highest or most movement with stocks on the upside and then tries to figure out why that happened that week. Uh, like the, 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 the following, like the, the prior week, I mean. And so I've also got a little thing at the bottom that says here are a couple stocks that moved a lot last week. Here's why. Mm. But the, the, what, so that's the free side, right? That's the Monday. That's free. All and that's so, free. All that's free, baby. All that's free. Yeah. yeah, my guy. <laughs> and so that's the thing, man. I'm trying like I'm so that's what's funny, dude. And that, that comes into the whole thing with Patreon. It's like, why was this so cheap? And why is so much stuff on Patreon free? Why is so much stuff on Substack free? Because information's free, bro. Information is free. I'm not going to charge someone for information, but I will charge you to know what I'm doing with that information. And so that's now to the paid side. So on Monday, we've got all this free stuff. It's the breakdown of the week. Here's what to expect. Here's what I'm thinking about it. And, you know, kind of preemptively on Sunday, it's a look back. And so it's like these companies did IPO. Here's what their stock did. Here's what the bankers said about them. Here's what I now think about them with the stock, you know, with the price action. Like here's like what actually happened. These companies did report their earnings. Here's what they reported. Here's a call out from a Still transcript. Free? Here my updated. No, this is oh, the paid, the paid side, side, right? Okay. So it's like, yeah. So the free stuff is like that stuff in my like preemptive thoughts, yeah. and the paid stuff is like here's the what breakdown. happened. Here's what I now think about them. Here's what I'm now doing differently because of this information. And so that side is is the paid side. Are you writing the whole thing or you or do you have a team that's kind of helping you aggregate this stuff and then so, you kind of executive produce it or you is this all you? It's all me. Um, so I do have a, a business partner, Christian Blackwell. He uh, he did management consulting for PwC uh, in New York for a couple of years. He, he, he was like a 4.0 over at UVA. Yeah. I mean, he's like, uh, actually, let me go to my I, I don't want to I feel like I'm underselling this guy right now Hold Not, on. You, on my website. It, it, He's got all his uh, his biography. I want to read it uh, on the podcast here because I know he's going to listen to this and he, I'm going to hype him Wait. up. Christian was the Mark 
Boyce German Scholar and Warwick D. Johnston Global Scholar at UVA's McIntyre School and worked as a management consultant for PwC's pricing and profitability practice. Like, this guy's genius. I very, love, very smart. Dude, it sounds like a perfect... So does he... Do you, do you guys collaborate on it together? Oh, so, okay. So, so what he does is he sources a lot of the raw data for me, right? It's one thing for me because... And we can talk about this with like creators and, and just like management teams and infrastructure around creators. He helps me be a creator versus an admin, yep. right? He's my infrastructure that helps me just worry Dude. about creating and doing what I'm doing because that's what's valuable, right? It's like we want Austin. And so if Austin can spend as much time as possible creating and doing what Austin does best, then everything's going to be good, yep. right? So he's sourcing that raw data. He's typing in like, you know, just the, the, the titles and, and the framework and some of this stuff for me. So I don't have to like, you know, click my mouse and make the, and resize this and yep. make this bolt. Like he's doing that for me to make sure when I get in there, I'm just typing and doing my stuff. And, and what, can I ask what your relationship is? Is it business partner or are, is he being paid sure. as part of your team? Is that or is that, so is that too is that too much? Uh, am I? Am I no, no, not okay. at all. Dude. No, I'm an open book. Um, so it's actually kind of funny. He shot me a DM on uh, TikTok when I had like you know that first couple of weeks I was doing my thing, and uh, just asked me about a stock. Right? He's like, hey man, like what's good with this? Like, do you think this is? And I'm like, yeah, dude, sure. And just like we we made friends in the DMs, and he's like, yo, is it cool if I add you to a group chat with me and a couple of friends in college? We talk about stocks all the time. I'm like, yeah, dude, hop me in. And so we just kind of made friends like that, and then. Um, you know, he graduated in May of 2020, but he graduated during the pandemic and no one in New York was because yeah. you know, he lived in or he was going uh, you know, to go back to, to New York, he had a job offer there, but they pushed it back six months until January. So he had this dead week or dead, you know, time of the year for six months where he's like, my job just got pushed to January. I, I can't start until then. I don't really know what to do. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm trying to like build a creator business. I'm also working full time, you know, doing my mergers and acquisitions over here. And so I, I'm trying to like figure out how to do this, but maybe if you want to help me figure this out together, like you seem like a smart guy, like let's, let's tackle this. And he's like, all right, sweet. And so what that looked like in the beginning was, you know, he was kind of helping me, um, with some of this admin stuff on Patreon or like, hey man, this is a really cool you know, headline I found. Like you should talk about this in a TikTok or like, hey man, this is, this is really cool. Like let's sure to mention this on, on Patreon or like, hey, we thought about this or we think about this or we should, or, or oh, this brand deal came in. Let me negotiate it for you in the, in the emails. Like let me, so you can just make more content. And so that's what it started with. And now it's like, yeah, dude, like quit your job. Like I'll, I'll, I'll pay you whatever salary you were making before. And, and like, we're just going to do this together. And so we, uh, we have a, uh, an equity split and in, in the profits and stuff of, of what happens. But, um, yeah, dude, it's, it's, uh, we're straight up business partners. It's, it's a, he's on the website. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Cause I, I, the reason I asked is because I think a lot of creators, um, and the best ones, they have like that role. It's like an admin integrator role that like, that take the handles the stuff that you just explained um that you know more the admin behind the scenes stuff and just frees up the time for the creator to do what they do best and really scale their ideas and be the visionary of the creator brand and you know i think it's something you know a lot of the creators that are actually thinking about it like a media company they're they're in like there's tons of different ways to figure out like who that character is and like uh i love how organically like your guys partnership started but i think a lot of creators like as you start to build your brand because people what i realize like he's a creator too he's just like a different kind of creator like he's someone in the creator economy that is like 
part of the infrastructure of the, of these teams and I see these roles these these individuals popping up everywhere and they're allowing like you to scale and, and build the brand the way you have like you now now you have you know the substack cooking you have you, you know you're investing in companies you have all these brand deals you're doing all this consulting and would you say that you'd be able to like tackle all of those projects if like it's one of the, it's like the concept of like you want you want the grape or do you want a big slice of the watermelon <laughs> right yeah yeah would you say that like no, partnering with him has helped you kind of scale the way that you have i wouldn't be where i where yeah. i am without without him no no shot um yeah i mean it's like and the thing is too like back to the kim k comment before like it was actually really depressing like him and i were both working our because there was a time where he, I, there was a time where I wasn't able to, cause I had to buy him out of his bonus. Um, he had this like relocation bonus that they paid him and like, because he accepted it, uh, and he wasn't going to be working there for three years, I like he had to return it and he, and I had to buy him out of it. So it's like, there was a time where like we were both working our full-time jobs and I shit you not dude, like I would wake up and I'd be at my desk at eight o'clock and we'd be grinding till about like call it five or six, maybe seven for our normal jobs. And then from like nine o'clock, eight or nine o'clock to two in the morning, we would work on my creator business. And then we would do the same, get back up at eight and do it all over again. We're doing that for like two or three months, um, getting to a point where I was able to say, all right, Christian, like I, I can now afford to hire you and I can now afford to have you work on everything that's like underneath to allow me to like be that, that yeah. best version of my, my creator self. And it, it's, it sucks because like, the, a lot of creators, one, can't afford that, two, don't have people in their network that they know can be that, and then also, um, it's just, you know, if, and three, just finding someone they can trust, right? Trust. I, I trust Christian a lot. Now there's multiple brand partners coming in. How do you guys get brand deals? Like, like did, does that go through him too, or does that, like... So, are they yeah, DMing I, you? These are really good questions. So here's how our setup is. He has all my passwords. He has all my logins. He's got the login to my TikTok, my Instagram, my Twitter. He's got the login to my bank accounts. He's got the login to my emails. He got, I mean, he's got, it's everything. It's trust, right? We trust yeah, each other. Yeah. Um, and because of that, he's able to, cause what happens is, I mean, I don't, yes, I negotiate my own, you know, stuff and I'm like obviously seeing the emails and, and stuff that gets sent out, but there, he's the one typing them up and is like, Hey man, read this so I can hit send. I'm like, all right, cool. Thanks. Or like, Hey man, um, you know, we got a, a wire this or, or we're expecting this. And so he's got a whole, you know, like QuickBooks that he keeps up for me. Or he's like, Hey man, I saw this over here. Um, have you thought about, you know, doing this on LinkedIn with this? Like, here's like three other posts that I saw on LinkedIn that are trending from this. Like we should add this to our, our to-do list of cool stuff we can yep. do. So, or, or for example, my YouTube reels, I've never posted a YouTube video in my life. He's done that, right? I've, he, I, we have a repository of like the Google files so, so he can like download on his computer, but I'm not in there spending 45 minutes titling it and thumbnail and trying to do the, the, the dots and trying to, he's, he's the one doing that for me so I can create content, right? And so I've got that infrastructure around me allowing me to be a creator and he's making sure the creator business comes together um, like full like full stop, like in every single platform. He's posted all my Instagrams. Um, he's posted all of the YouTubes and the YouTube shorts. I do though post my podcast, but that's because Anchor is just so easy to use and it takes me like five minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, he's, Who, it's full trust. Is there anyone else on your team, like whether it's contractory, like editing the podcast, uh, doing any any anything else, uh, you know, so helping to edit the one. edit the blog posts um, in Substack? Yeah. 
so I've got one. So Substack, no, it's just me and Christian. Uh, the yeah. only th- other person that that's touching anything are um, my clips. So I, I don't know if you saw, or I don't even think you you did, because I don't, no, I haven't posted them yet. Um, but for my podcast, uh, I like clip stuff out, right? That's like that's what people do. And I don't have time, and neither and Christian's time is too valuable to me uh, to have him sit down for you know forty five yeah, no. hour long podcast mm-hmm. and just find the good clips. Um, and so actually my friend Daniel Isles, who's another incredible, incredible creator because he's built this infrastructure around him as well, but he hasn't done it with people that he knows in real life. He's done it through these different types of organizations that, that use people overseas that are looking for more high paying jobs. And so they're like executive assistants, right? So he's got like two or three people working for him across different types of countries and time zones, including a video editor in Mexico. And this video editor is I swear to you, she's the most underrated thing in the world. You go like, you look up Daniel Isles on TikTok. Look at how good his videos are. It is all done by this one person. And I was like, dude, your videos are so good, bro. How'd you learn how to edit videos like this? He's like, no, I don't. I've got this incredible video editor out of Mexico who's incredibly reasonably priced because the Mexican peso is so much different than, than USD. Um, and I was like, okay, so I'm gonna just go ask her how much she charged for five uh, podcast clips, $130 for five podcast clips, which to me, it's like, dude, yes, take your money, like 100%, like this is such good stuff. And for example, I did this podcast with Seema from Creative Juice, and uh, she's over here talking about how Colin and Samir, they're like the dynamic duo, one's one's more business, one's more creative. Um, And I don't know how, um, my, my video editor found this footage, but she found like some, some cool B roll of, of Samir, uh, and Colin, like doing stuff like around the town, like just kind of hanging out. And then also like other B roll and like the cool captions and she's she's good. She's really good. But she's the only other one that that touches any of my stuff. Yeah. Cool. I love that. And how long would you say you, how much time do you put into the Substack each week? Cause everything you explained to me, like, I feel like that's like a month worth, worth of work in my opinion <laughs> for one week. Um, um, and I've read, I've, cause I think I'm subscribed to the free version mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. like, it's in depth. It's like yeah, a, it, it, it's not like a quick little blurb. Like there's a lot oh, of information bro. to digest. Bro. Like it's, it's so in depth sometimes, most of the time that it gets clipped off a of Gmail for being so, so long. Cause like the actual <laughs> mail attachment, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it can't yeah, be yeah. Emailed. you got to go to the website. Um, I would say, so I just, so I try and about once every other week to do a deep dive on a stock that people talk about. Uh, a recent one I posted today was Dutch Bros Coffee. Uh, they're, they're more of a West Coast thing. And um, so I say with that, I mean, all in a week, I'm, I'm spending between 20 to 25 hours um, on Substack through research, formatting, you know, writing, editing, just like making sure it's like good and, and very just me and, and just everything that I want it to look like. Um, I'd say about 20 to 25 hours. Brand partnerships. Where does that show up? Because we talked to that, that lightly. Um, where does that show up the most? Like, are you getting brand partnerships? ships for the Substack, like is that part of the partnership deal or is it like strictly tiktok shorts is like where you offer you know you have inventory to to work with brands totally i would say it's tiktok right um so generally speaking what would happen is a brand would email me because my email's everywhere 
um, they'd shoot me an email and it'd say, hey, Austin, we want to work with you. Um, what are your rates? What do you think? Like, what, what are we doing with this? And so um, I'd, I'd send some of that off to Christian. Be like, hey, could you just kind of feel this person out and figure out what, like, what's good? Yep. But what's funny, though, speaking of brand partnerships, right? It's like in the beginning for me, it was not specifically trying to cross my fingers and hope that these brands would reach out to me but me reaching out to them from this perspective. So at the time, I was like 23, 24 years old, now I'm 25, but it's like, okay, I'm a 24-year-old. What am I doing? What am I using that is helping me be better with my money? What apps, what mm-hmm. websites, what platforms? It's like, okay, what different types of general categories should people be thinking about as it relates to investing in their personal finances? First thing I think about are single stocks, right? That's Robinhood, that's Public, that's Webull or eToro. So um, I, I had a, uh, a partnership and I still do with Public, right? Next thing I think about is retirement investing. That's your robo-advisors like Wealthfront or Betterment. And so obviously for my Betterment video, uh, I was able to get their attention. And so now I have something with them. Uh, next is, you know, cryptocurrencies, right? Think about some alternative assets. And so then it was like, all right, if it was BlockFi and BlockFi actually had like a weird legal battle with, uh, with that's going on with like the government. So I was able to get with FTX, um, as they figure that out. But so now it's like, that's that. And, but what this was is, you know, I got on a piece of paper and I said, what am I using to build wealth? What am I using? Oh, cause that's all what right. my audience cares about, right? It's yeah. like, it's like, you know, they follow me cause they want to like make some money moves. Yep. It's like, what am I doing to make money moves? What platforms am I using to do that? And how can I proactively reach out to some of these companies or make a video like I did for Betterment? I didn't make the Betterment video to get their attention. I just made it to like, you know, be a storyteller. Yeah. But what, you know, can I strategically make a video about this or that and say, here's what I'm doing to invest in real estate with as little as $10 on Fundrise's platform and then send it to, you know, you know, contact at fundrise.com and said, Hey, uh, FYI, I'm a TikToker. I made this video about your platform, got 130,000 views. I don't know if anyone ever came from it, but, uh, let me know if you want me to do this again. Right. And now you get and then that's sort of how that, that came about. And, um, so that is generally speaking how I got these core, large and when i say large i mean recurring right so as a creator especially someone who's got a mortgage quit their job and trying to do this full-time you want that monthly recurring revenue and so what i've done is i've been able to figure out ways to package deals package these you know um advertising deals to these sponsors in a way that wants to do that, that that's long-term and recurring so for example public right public wants and loves me and they want me to be integrating their stock charts, their public town halls, my posts, everything into not just on, on my TikTok, but my LinkedIn, my, my Twitter, my Instagram stories. Like they want Austin Hankwitz and public.com to be synonymous. Um, and so I've now got a 12 month deal with them. I'm not going to, I can't disclose like more than that, but it's like, <laughs> I now just signed a 12 month deal where every single month, like I'm putting, it's on this probably silly. It's probably, it's probably it's silly. <laughs> um, but That's what I'm saying is say. like, and so, and so it's then bonkers. you take that approach and so you take that skeleton and you say, all right, it worked here. Yeah. They like this enough where they want to sign this. So you no. took that and you pitched the 12 months to them. You said, I don't want to mm-hmm. do a one off. I want 12. Yep. 100%. First it was six. And then they were like, well, if we're going to do this, just make it 12. And I was like, let's make it 12. Well, you know? Was there any was there any pushback or reservations from their end on like what that would look like or what the deliverables Absolutely. would be? Absolutely. Um, which is why I, I was working with them for probably eight to 12 months before I even pitched this idea. I think it's about Built eight Built the months. relationship. 
yeah build a relationship and those were those one-offs and it's actually really funny now that my girlfriend works there um i think i told you she's a, a creator coordinator for public and so she's working with the creators and helping them do their campaigns like every day and it's funny like she told me she's like you're one of the easiest creators we work with and i'm like what are you talking about she's like we text you, we send you an email. You, you're, you're sometimes the only creator that emails us back the same day. You tell me that's not biased, bro. You tell me that's no, not yeah, biased. No, yeah, no, it could be. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I imagine. I imagine. Uh, I mean, even, and, but, but, you, you know, like from that perspective, though, it's like use that as a tool then to make sure that whenever you're working with other brands that you want to work with and have that ongoing relationship, like be easy, be the easiest creator to work, edit those videos same day, send them that script, you know, ASAP, Uh, you know, do whatever you can to make sure that the brand's like, damn, I love working with this guy. And he's, you know, he's making good content too. Like let's, let's keep him around. When you're working them into a video, when you're integrating them into a video, how are you? Cause like, this is as someone that, you know, a lot of people are just starting to get their brand deals. Uh, you know, a lot of people listen to the show. They're trying to figure out the business. And then the next thing in the business is like, okay, got this brand deal. How do I creatively package this into this video in a way that isn't going to tank, that makes the brand happy and makes my audience happy at the same time? Do you have any insight on on how you, on what works and, and what's worked for you? 100% I do. So what I works for it. me Let's go. is that... It is so easy to integrate a brand if you're already a freaking customer. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I can go and say, hey, guys, I've been using Fundrise, which is true, since 2019, which is why I reached out to them because that's how I was investing in real estate. It's like how the first video I did for Fundrise, I had the notebook and I wrote how to invest in real estate with just $10 and I wrote it out. And then I said, you know, generally speaking, people think this about real estate and this about real estate. Here are three ways to do it. And the first way, you can do public REITs, uh, real estate investment trusts like stocks, but it's they invest in real estate on your behalf. And you can use an online broker, which is as little as $1 with fractional investing. So I did that. Um, the second one was... Um, uh, I think it might have been, uh, I, don't, I forget the second one, but the third one though, the third uh, answer was the brand. And it's like, so here's another way I'm doing this. And I open up my portfolio. I'm like, here's how much money I've invested. Here are my returns. Here's how. Here's what it's looked like compared to the stock market. Here's what this has happened. And then boom, there's, there's your three ways. And so it's not just like one video about the brand. It's let me teach you a story. Let me provide you value in such a way that the brand's also trying to do. And, and, not, and not just like, isolate the brand and like be in love with the brand but maybe even show some competitors and some different options because that's from a, from a place of authenticity right because at the end of yep. the day as creators we want to help our, our audiences do what's best for them and sometimes it might not be the brand sometimes it's just spending the two dollars or one dollar on on starting that, that that one reit or whatever that is right that first option um but yeah that that's that's what i did right and so that video did very well and they're like okay cool and so now as it relates to you know public or, or betterment it's like here's for example i did something with betterment this is another incredible example of a great integration, in my humble opinion, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> from from so your girlfriend. They, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they wanted me to uh, make a video and talk about, you know, encourage people to open up a Roth IRA, an, an investment account, uh, one of yep. these robo retirement accounts on their platform. And I was like, okay, so here's what people are. So I thought, what are people doing wrong with mm. that? Well, people are paying one or two percent a year, which is over someone's lifetime, fifty-five to seventy thousand dollars to have that money be invested um, into someone's like firm. You know, like your your yeah. uh, your wealth manager. You got Tom down the street who's got his own wealth management thing, and you're paying him two percent a year. You know, yeah. so 
to, to manage your money where you could be paying Betterment 0.25%, a quarter of 1%, and they do everything just the same. And so for me, it was like, don't do this. Don't be paying seventy thousand throughout your lifetime like, by investing lose money. So here, yeah. yeah. So it was like so. So here are two solutions. The first solution: open up any online brokerage app, and I showed a picture of Robinhood. I showed a picture of Public and Webull and Etar, all the apps that you can imagine. So it's people are like, oh, this is he's just trying to help, which I am, right? Yeah. But it's like yeah. you're not trying to sell me anything, right? The guards down. And so you show them, say, hey, open up any online brokerage app and go buy one of these index funds, uh, VTI or VO, one of these Vanguard index funds. They charge you like $3 uh, per, I think, $10,000 invested on an annualized basis. So it's not even like a, so I guess that's kind of a percent thing, but it's much cheaper than 1%, right? Because 1% yep. of um, 10000 is a lot more than three dollars and yep. so I was like that's the first option right how to save money do this anyone can do it any platform go for it how do i save money i use this platform and then i explain you know why it's cheaper show the different options and how they're how it's how much you know conceptualize what that looks like over a period of time and i think that's what's interesting too with these brand integrations is con- helping people conceptualize why it's important why it's important to use betterment why it's important to start investing why it's important to buy you know this you know not this specific soccer but to do this specific thing because for me like why the betterment video did so well in the beginning what that we were talking about earlier was I showed, you know, let's say you don't get started until you're 35 years old, you don't start investing. And let's say you don't have, you know, hundreds of dollars, you've only got a hundred bucks a month that you've been able to save up and you're 35 and you're just ready to get started here. That's fine. I'll do an Excel model for you. I'll show you exactly what that number is. Oh, dang, I'm 37 and I can afford, I think I can afford a hundred. This is really cool. I'm gonna go do this right now versus, oh no, I don't have 500 bucks a month. I didn't start when I was 18 like this. I'll never make it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's like showing people what happens when they do choose that better mints, the fund rises, the publics, and they do choose that and help them realize like, okay, this is cool. I can do this. And, and is there any one from the brand side? So it sounds like in like some of those examples, like, because you know, it's true to you as a creator, like you're going to show a couple different people in like that first scenario, like a a couple different platforms. And then the second one is like, this is like the easiest way to like, you know, set this on auto autopilot. Is there one, is there any reservations from the brand around like, like, Hey, like, I don't know if you should like the first time you do that. Like, I don't know if you should incorporate those other people that are in the space. And then number two, is there any do you find any correlation between a call to action at the end or just like doing it like a straight creator where like, cause I feel like go type in my name for 50% off link in bio. Like I feel like that will help tank a video real quick, (laughs) but I might be wrong. Yeah. And you're, you're right on, you're right on for both of those. And it's been so hard to help brands understand why your perspective is correct. Right. Why I can't say go to, which is funny. If you go to, betterment they wanted to do like betterment.com slash austin i was like no 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 no, no, no. Like, people <laughs> no, see no, right no. through that i say go to betterment.com slash start now that's nothing to do with mm, my name that's but cleaner. it's my it's my my url ah, start now i like that and uh and back to like the different competitors things right it's like i've had um i think uh what was it there's a company um i think it might have been masterworks that so they allow you to invest in uh, artwork or right? like yeah. Basquiat and these really cool paintings yeah. and stuff. Um, and I think along like in the entire thing, I was like, here are different ways people have invested in artwork, like something like that. And like I showed, I don't know if it was a competitor or like something, but they were just like, no, don't do that. Just talk about us. And I'm like, I can talk about you guys. You guys are paying me regardless. Like I'd be happy to follow the script perfectly, and I can, you know, we can do that. 
but the video is going to perform terribly. You're not going to have anyone sign up, and it's not going to feel like, like a com- commercial. Yeah, it's like wait, I'm sorry, what? It's going to feel like a commercial. Oh yeah, it's going to feel way. like a commercial. Yeah. Exactly right. It's not going to feel authentic. And like, I'm happy to you know do that for you guys because one, I use Masterworks and I I, I want to encourage people to le- learn more about their company specifically. But if you want to figure out this algorithm in such a way where the normal person who doesn't follow me and sees me on their for you page is going to see this video and say, is this an ad? Yes or no? No, it's not until they realize it is at the end. And it's like, oh, damn, this is good. Um, then it's like, you guys got to let me do my thing. And they're like, nah. And so some companies get it. Some companies don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, because I, I, I appreciate you answering these questions because that's something that like, you know, I, I, I honestly, I, I approach this podcast as like I'm more of a journalist and I'm I ha, I'm experiencing these types of like questions like as I'm working with these brands I'm like how do I do this and how do I make this video in a way because a short video is a short video like like I mean a commercial in itself on TV is thirty seconds these TikTok videos are thirty seconds so it's hard to incorporate them in in like a truly organic way that just doesn't feel like a total a total ad uh, and I think starting from like start with the content with like being useful like creating useful information like and then try to figure out how to how to like you know tape on the um <laughs> the, the the brand in some way and it, it feels kind of organic you that these commercials right because like that reminds me of the super bowl commercials what was the number one most successful super bowl commercial this year it was coinbase right i don't know if you saw it but it was a qr oh, code yeah, 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 yeah. it was brilliant it's brilliant it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't an ad. Ah, oh, look at me drinking my beer. Look at me it was holding brilliant. my Nike logo. Like, it wasn't any of that bullshit. It was like, this is just kind of cool. Check it out if you want. You know? Like, that's that's it, where I think all this. It's just like pure to be. It's just, I don't know, man. I just, I see Yeah, they, and the thing is, there like, whoever came up with that idea, with that ad agency, had, probably had to do so much selling to, like, mm-hmm, the people mm-hmm. cutting the checks. Like, I promise like, you. Like, you, this is going to, yes, like, yes. like, it was so it was so different that, like, it was, like, so the opposite. And Because I, I study that, too. Like, I love looking at TV commercials. Like, there's a couple, um, even though I, like, I don't support it, like, like, fast food chains that have came out with commercials where there's, there's no, like, there's no music there's no sound effects in the background it's mm-hmm. just like this guy's like bold voice so here's the thing you watch five commercials in a row and they're all like music quick cuts all of this stuff and then all of a sudden there's one where it's this guy like just like talking like this and like it like stops you You're like Ooh, what's going on here because it's, it's yeah. so different and that's what coinbase did they're like this is going to be so different that it's going to convert. And whoever was in that, and I think what you're like, so the difference is, well, how can we relate that to TikTok? Um, how can we relate that with a brand integration on TikTok? It's, it's trusting it, the way people want to consume. Like people don't want to be sold to, and that yeah. wasn't selling. You're 100% correct. I think it right, comes down to the high production, right? Like, are you going, like, is this ad some high produced, like you're wearing this, you're holding, like it's very like high produced thoughtful. The logo's or it's like, perfectly man. at the camera. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or is it like, listen, man, I'm building my retirement portfolio this way. Here's how I'm doing it. Here's how I've done it. If you want to do this with me, here's what could happen to you. See you yeah. there. Yeah. Dude, like, I, that's I all it is. It. 
And, and so how many brands are you putting into your short videos each month? Like, is there like a number where you're like, I don't want to go over that because then it'll feel like I'm a billboard out here. Is um, there like an... Uh, let me count real quick. <laughs> you're like, bro, when I'm getting... The, when they're paying the way they are, as, as many as they want. <laughs> um, I think I'm at four. I think I've got... Actually, hold on. Let me pull up my, uh, my, my, my tabs here. One, four at like one three. video a week. Or, or or one video a month, five. I'm at five. So okay. five, um, five total brands that I'm working with on an ongoing monthly basis, right? That are in these either uh, six to twelve month uh, contracts, um, and five of which that. So so so, um, like the public one, for example, it's really in depth, dude. Every time I show a stock chart on my TikTok, it's got to be a public stock chart. It's got to be from their website. Or it's like, um, you know, anytime that I post to public, or maybe not that, but it's like, that that's like just, it's it's super there. It's like, they want me to be a part of not just, you know, make us an ad, but like, also we want our rights to the, you know what I'm saying? It's like, not, we don't just want like an ad on your TikTok. We want to be integrated into Austin's TikTok with these. It's like the way these brands work with athletes. So it's mm-hmm. like, yo, if I'm sponsoring this golfer, like, listen, if you're at the driving range, you better be wearing a Nike hat. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, yeah. like, uh, uh, so if you're, yeah, if you're practicing, if you're showing this in any way, like, use this. Um, we're gonna make it worth your while. But like, it's like, you know, uh, uh, you know, they're integrated in many different ways. And then like, one of the deliverables is is like a TikTok a month. Hundred percent. And so, yeah. um, I think all of them, but one. So just one of them, and one of them's two videos a month. Um, but all the others are just one a month. Yeah. Yeah. Which and gives me enough. I mean, if you think about it, one a month on five, that's like on average, like one a week, you know, um, yeah. what, maybe one, two a week, right? Nothing crazy. Um, but if I'm posting three to four times a week, then it doesn't seem, you know, it's, I can still be the same person as it relates to being that, that creator. And, you know, when I post about that, I'm not, it's not an ad anyway. It's like, I'm providing you value. At least I'm thinking I'm providing you value. I wouldn't post about it because you, you follow me. You want to, you know, we talk about investing or just building wealth together. Um, and so I'm, I'm able to do it in such a way where it doesn't really feel oversaturated. Yep. And tell me about how the, the venture fund plays into all this, because I, I love this part of the business because you're, you're getting ownership now in these, so these companies that you that. believe in. Let's talk about that. Um, so let's go back to that Betterment example. We talked about it a thousand times already, but that was the, the pillar, the most important. Oh, by the I way, think. send them a little email. See if they want to sponsor this. Send, send your boy you. a quick bag. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, I think that, I mean, that Betterment deal opened my eyes to a lot of stuff, not just like integrating brands into content, but also owning the brand that you're integrating into content. I didn't have a single share, and I still don't have a single share of Betterment stock. Although I drove... 17% of all users on their platform. I added 42,000 funded accounts. I added $78 million in enterprise value to the company's worth. I like if because of me, this company is now worth $78 million more in the eyes of venture capitalists, right? It's like I and you and everyone else that creates content on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, wherever, we are so fucking powerful as creators as it relates to these companies they are i'm not gonna say they're nothing without us but they're a lot less without us taking them and introducing them to our audiences in in an authentic way right and being able to realize that yeah yeah (laughs) being able to realize that and go okay i know 
that because I'm able to work with public, like for example, um, I've, I've done the math with public. I think I've drove them around like 4,200 or 4,500 funded accounts, right? So mm-hmm. like on a uh, per funded account basis, uh, I think they, they raised their last round where each account was worth around $1,500. So whatever the math is on that, the hundreds of thousands of dollars in enterprise value I've added mm-hmm. to this company by just being a creator with them. And I promise you, they haven't paid me hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? So it's like I'm adding so much more, which they want, right? That's what they want is they want to pay as little money to these creators and get as much gain as possible from them and from them being introduced to their audiences, right? Right, like we're, we're, we're providing so much value to these companies and they're not paying that, that to us. We don't see any upside into what that extra hundreds of thousands or millions or 78 million in Betterment's case of upside that, that us as creators are driving for these companies, which, you know, they, they don't want that, right? They want to pay creators as little as possible and have the creators provide them as much value as possible. I say, fuck that. I say, no, as a creator, I should be one. If you want to do this transaction thing, sure, pay me as much money that I think I see fit for this integration I'm comfortable with. But if I believe in your company, like I know I believe in public and I know I believe in all these other cool companies that I've invested into personally, I want to have skin in the game. I want to say that, all right, guys, like we're going to think about, like I'm going to sit down with your CMO and we're going to figure out how we can drive new users and provide value to my audience in such a way that public can only do. And so what I'm saying is creators now need to not just think of themselves as like, oh, this is a sponsored deal with this random company. And sure, like these little small companies, these little small sponsors, like they're not going to IPO. They're not going to, I mean, they're going to do yeah. their own little things. Maybe they might get acquired here or there. But like, if you really believe in, the, in a company, like I believe in in public or, you know, like I believe in, in, in several other companies that we've invested into, it's I want to have skin in the game and I want to see upside if I provide that upside from what I've done. I don't care about the money. I don't care, like, sure, I care about cash, but what I'm saying is, like, I'd much rather have stock in a company. I'd much rather have stock in Betterment than have them pay me $10,000, right? I'd much rather see that $78 million upside than I'd rather, than I'd take five or $10,000 for a, a couple of TikTok videos, you know? And I wish more creators thought like that because a lot of creators out there, I don't know if you remember this, but when Charlie D'Amelio was doing her Dunkin' Donuts stuff, you know, Dunkin' Donuts got, uh, I think, I want to say, um, they, they were taken private by one of these private equity firms. Um, and maybe I'm just talking out my ass here. I'm pretty sure they were. But what I'm saying is I explicitly remember this. And Chris Camillo, I mean, I'll, I'll, we'll get to him in a second too if you got the time. Um, but Charlie D'Amelio, when she had her Dunkin' Donuts uh, coffee and her Dunkin' Donuts this and Dunkin' Donuts that, the stock went through the fucking roof. The actual stock, the company, the value of the company increased tremendously because of uh, Charlie D'Amelio's TikToks about yep. this company. Did Charlie D'Amelio have stock in the company? Who knows? I have no clue, right? Or did they just pay her a couple, you know, 10, 20, $30,000 or maybe a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars $300,000, but she added hundreds of millions of dollars in enterprise value to that, to that company's shareholders. She deserves to have that upside be given to her. I think all creators deserve that. What is enterprise value? Um, so the, the the total value of a company. Okay, got it, got it. Yes, yeah, so like uh, Apple, like for example, like if you go to uh, Yahoo Finance and you click on uh, click on Apple here, I think Apple's still the most the the, the most um, valued company. Does it want to work? Come on. Yeah. So one. so that it just bumps up the valuation of the company. Like the, yeah, so Apple's a, like that's Apple's the impact that you made on the overall valuation. 
Right, right. So Apple's a two point six trillion dollar company, right? That's their that's their enterprise value, okay. no market capitalization, but uh, enterprise value is, is probably a more accurate term. And so you brought up something consulting, because uh, I know that you're doing that on the back end with a bunch of a bunch of companies. Like, how does that play in? And like, how do you like pri- like price for that? Is that like built into a brand deal, or are there like separate agreements where it's like, hey, like I'll get on a call with you once a month and just send me, you know, this is this is the exchange here. Like, how do you think about that? Like, as far as like consulting and advising these companies, it's kind of hard because, like, on one side, I consult with and advise on an ongoing basis my portfolio companies. Yeah. Right. So it's like if QuantBase or you know QuantBase just did a uh, a um, podcast with them, but like you know they'll call me twice a month and like, Hey man, we need some help with this. Like, what do you think about I'm spending an hour trying to help them figure this out. Right. Yeah. And I can't ask for money for that. I own equity in their company. I'm exactly vested. Right. Yeah. But there are other companies, um, you know, call it like Malka media, for example, incredible, incredible company who's at, who gets it. They really understand creators. Um, and they're working with one of these cool banks called money lion. Uh, think of them as like a chime or a SoFi type alternative. Yeah. Money lion. Like they totally understand the type of value creators can bring to the table and how authentic it is to just pick up your phone and talk about because like everyone every single person makes a money-driven decision at some point in the day if it's can i afford this can i do this do i have money to do this or should yep. i make this and set like right so we're all making money-driven decisions and so money lion realizes that there are people online who are sharing those experiences. They're not the Austin Hankwitz creators who are on Bloomberg. They're the single mom who's also a teacher who's writing a blog on the side as a side hustle. And yep. she's now telling her friends about it at school. Like Moneyline wants those people to pick up the phone, record a video, explain how they figured it out, how much they're doing, like what, what it is, and, and share it with other people on their platform. And so Malka's helping them tell that story. And so I'm kind of coming in as a consultant and saying, hey guys, here's the best way that I would tell that story as a creator. Here's how I've seen other creators on TikTok talk tell that story actually i know four friends who are who are similar in the sense that they're like smaller creators maybe they're big creators and they're, they're, they're sharing how they just you know refinance their mortgage and what they're doing with that money or maybe they're, they're, they're thinking about buying a new car and how they chose carvana over uh, carmax to do it or whatever that looks like right and so helping these these bigger enterprises because you know money lion i mean they're a, a billion dollar company on the stock market and uh it's like helping these big companies figure out how to think about creators and how to think about as you know the creator economy as a whole and how everyone's a creator and how everyone has a story to tell and how how people can and just how to get that out and amplify it and and how do you i'm curious like we're getting in the weeds a little bit about it but i'm just curious because i I, i've been getting this a lot like people have been asking me to like listen i like same thing like listen i it seems like you know this world i want you to help us understand this world and my thing is like how do i package that like you know so is it like you give them a certain amount of hours each month like on the phone with like the people that they're working with or is it just like um you know like i'm here when you need me just give me a shout I think it's the latter. Um, I, it should be the the first because I wish I had like just, yeah, I'm giving you four hours this week, right? Yeah. Um, but really it's like, so how I've packaged it is we sit down and we think like, okay, what's our goal here, right? What are we yeah. working toward? And like, what's it going to take to do that? And so it's like, all right, here's our goal is to build out. So for me with, with Malka and Moneyline, for example, like they want me to help them build out this incredible ecosystem of creators hundreds and hundreds if not thousands of creators who are sharing their money experiences their their money moves if it's you know they, they just bought a car or maybe they're doing this as a side hustle or they're doing this as a job career switch like but yep. 
help them identify creators and, and help those creators tell their story <clears throat> inside a way that is like empowering and fun and and just like they, they have the tools and resources there to do that with uh you know money lion's help and Malka's help because you know Malka is this incredible uh, creative studio out of la and new jersey and money lion is this awesome bank with tons of resources and tools to help anyone you know build their credit score they've got some buy now pay later stuff they've got the, the, the obviously the bank accounts they've got the crypto they've got the retirement yep. all that fun stuff and so it's like for me it's 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 sitting down and saying okay guys we're here how do we get here? And then we kind of build out a little bit of a roadmap, a little bit of a plan. And then what I did is I just kind of put a price tag on it. I was like, all right, if I'm going to be doing this, I try and think like, how much time am I going to spend on that? What's this going to be like? What? All right. And then you put a price tag on it. And um, to me, it was uh, figured out like what that would look like, not like all up front, but like on a monthly basis. Right. And then um, that's how I priced it. And I priced it for uh, like a, a, a certain period of time versus like, um, you know, like ongoing, right? More there's, like a sprint. Like, like, hey, we're going to go towards this outcome over the next three, six months, whatever. Yeah, that, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's probably the best way like a creator's mind works too, where it's like, like, listen, let's get to this intended goal right now. And then like, let's revisit the, you know, the, the reevaluate the relationship from there. Bro, listen, you have, you have your hands in a lot of different cool areas like i feel like you built like kind of like the prototype creator brand where you're like you know you're hitting it on the ground like the the tiktok video straight from the phone and then you're like getting equity in these companies in, in between you're doing consulting you're building we didn't even talk about the podcast with king uh with king back botch how do you say his name again batch, batch. king well, batch. His last name is bachelor so it's like king batch. okay king batch yeah um dude you're you seem to be everywhere and you're making some really awesome moves and, and the beauty is it starts with like providing value in 30 second video 30 second videos straight from your freaking cell phone it's I, I think it's i think that's the most inspiring part that like it all started from a foundation of consistency there mm -hmm. 100% it did it's crazy cuz like at the end of the day man i mean like and and this comes back to what Tejas was saying earlier he's like dude like you're here at 500k from these just like videos you make like keep making these videos and imagine what you'd be at 5 million right or that's the whatever. machine yeah, it's crazy, dude. It's absolutely crazy. And what the, the best part, the most craziest, best part about all this is anyone listening right now can do the exact same thing. Anyone listening right now can pick up their phone, go to TikTok, and share something they're passionate about. If it's calligraphy, if it's uh, you know making cheap uh, food when you're in college, if it's pots, like like pots and pans, like like making molds of stuff, or if it's just like music, like whatever, dude. But like start and actually, what also too contagious. I feel like I'm just over here hyping them up. So don't get too big of a head after you listen to this uh, podcast, Tages. <laughs> but um, he made a really good, a really good fucking video, dude. He said you worrying about being cringe is holding you back and i'm like damn because like whenever yeah. i was in high school and college man i was always like i gotta be cool i gotta like look good i gotta have the cool clothes the cool shoes i gotta be cool around the girls gotta make picture of my friends like me like i gotta be that person like i was i was so absorbed with like being cool and trying to be like that and now it's just like fuck them i haven't talked to yeah. these people in 10 years i haven't done Bro. this i haven't i don't care about anything like I, I want to do what I want to do. And I want to fucking talk about shit on TikTok. If you think it's corny, then go fuck yourself. Like, I'm doing my thing. And I'm having fun. Bro, where can people find you? Give, give them the account to go watch this content. Uh, and then... Uh
and then we're gonna have to run this back for a part two because I got we got two more hours and we gotta we gotta go into. I the know, business. no, we could, dude. We yeah. literally like I was see, I was hoping we were gonna get into all this stuff, and and we did, and I'm really grateful. Uh, we got into a lot of this stuff, but too, like, there's so much stuff like more we could talk about. Like, yeah, I, I love this, man. We'll do a part two. Um, but at Austin Hankwitz on TikTok, um, you can go to Rate of Return. Just type in Rate of Return Austin Hankwitz, and you'll see my Substack. Um, I recently just launched a vending machine business here in Nashville. Um, a couple of friends and I got together and bought 10 vending machines. And so we're documenting that experience uh, right dope. now on TikTok as well. So that's called Money Behind the Munchies, which is kind of funny. Um, and then you can also type in Money Behind the Munchies and probably like the word Substack and it might pop up on Google. Um, so if you want to know how much we're making on our vending machines and like all that stuff that's there too. And I'm on YouTube, same Austin Hankwitz, just whatever you guys want to do. Uh, email me. I'm, I literally email everyone back as long as you're not trying to like sell me a product or something like i'm really <laughs> easy to talk to dude. don't sell i'm not um, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah like I, I i just i love talking about this stuff and if you're a creator out there looking for advice or if you're maybe a brand looking for some advice like shoot me an email i'm happy to help and uh, connect